0: about ten lines down by the words Bira Inyan. So we started off last time discussing the idea of of the advantage of voorah. Hold on, let me just shut the door. Um, one second. Okay. So we started off last time discussing the advantage of Vura. Right? That's the idea of many of the um things that we're talking about here in the book of Renat Bechlal and, but in particular, in this maimer we're talking about the Avoda of Gvura. And in particular, what we were talking about was the idea of self-reflection and the different Mashalim that are brought in the Mimer uh, and from Zayar, the idea of like a, a Jew is like an olive, that the, the best part of the olive is the idea of the olive oil. And then we talked about the idea of uh, essentially the concept of a nut and how every nut, uh, the objective of eating the nut is the inside, the fruit of the nut, not the, not the shell. And the objective is you need to somehow break the shell. And that's the concept that we were discussing, this idea of breaking through the shell. Um, we brought a story last time from the Reb Marash that a chassid, that he went... Uh, to the Mev Marash to ask him, you know, to say like basically that he realizes about himself that he is not a such a idle person so sort a of grub person and he wanted to know how to fix it. So the Mev told him that in order to really fix it, you have to fast 600 times in a row. So the Chassid was like shocked, what does it mean, yeah, 600 days in a row, right? Uh, Shabbos, Yantiv, uh, you know, Bichlal, I don't even know if you would be able to do something like that. So the Reb Marash told them that you're making a mistake, you're talking about the concept of not eating. I'm talking about a different concept altogether. What I'm talking about is spending 15 minutes a day thinking about who you are, where you're coming from, you know, what, what, is, your, what is your angle on life, so to speak. And reflect how it could be a different angle and just by doing that that a person is able to change himself and in fact it's a whole story about the Rebbe Rashab that he told the Friedrich Rebbe that you should have seen this chassid it was unbelievable the change he changed in his etzim he became a totally different person completely changed person amazing story so that's what we've been discussing uh, about until now that like it says (laughs) And the idea is through hachna, okay? So that's how we're able to reach a higher level in our own personal avodah. Okay, so let's start. the Let's understand uh, more clearly the advantage of the avoda that's coming through this subjugation, of shiflis in, in general. So he begins to take us through a step-by-step process in terms of uh, a famous meditation of three levels of Ava, Okay, so he says like this. Okay, now, uh, we've talked about many times in these classes that there are a number of different, um, so to speak, titles for meditations. Uh, that the Rebbeim have brought for us uh, over the course of the literature of Hasidis. And each one has sort of a different goal. And they are to bring a person the objective like we talk about many times is Chabad Hasidis is the idea of using your brain to access your emotions. And by using your brain to access your emotions, you're able to uh, turn yourself on in a way of excitement for Hashem and excitement for Yiddishkeit to really uh, be alive with the Yiddishkeit. And in terms of fear, it's more of an idea of like really taking this idea of Yiddishkeit seriously in a serious manner, right? So having said that, however, there are different types of emotions that you could turn on and based on which, so to speak, which button you're pressing, you're going to be able to arouse a different type of love. So the love that we're talking about here is entitled, the name of the meditation is Love God because He is your life. Okay, so this is a meditation that is, um, that is uh, really uh, spelled out very, very clearly here in Shuva Yisrael and Renat, uh, unlike many other places where very often you will see uh, the Rebbeim reference this meditation, but the expectation is that you know exactly what he's talking about already and he won't even go into it maybe he'll give it one line or two lines right in reference to uh, some other meditation or in reference to what a person should just think and they'll just say they'll just leave the line uh Love Hashem kihu and he's and the rebbeim are expecting that you know what he's talking about so this is one of the few places where the rebbe comes out point by point by point going through an entire meditation and that's why uh, this is one of the maimarim that the that the mashbihim of old uh, always recommended that people should memorize uh, because it's a mimer that's a very straightforward mimer. It's a very point-by-point mimer where it takes you from one step to the next step. And it's something that should be and could be uh, used as a meditation before davening, uh, before Kriyashvara Shalomita, in the nighttime, whenever you want to use it. Okay, so here's the, here's the, here's the meditation like it says on this, it's, it's talking about, right? Right? All the way at the end of the book of Devarim, he talks about this point, that here I placed in front of you life and good, death and evil, and you should choose life. The other place that this is explained uh, considerably in a, in, in a major way is a Maimer from Etter, called Sha'alti. Which I don't know if we've learned before together, but um, that's another place that he discusses uh, pretty pretty extensively. This meditation, but these are the two. These are two of the major places in Chabad Hasidus that you see that he's referencing this. Why? So here he's starting. So this is a, this is like literally he literally takes you step by step through. Okay, think A, B, C, D, E, F, like this. So he says like this. That in everything in this world, you have a physical aspect to the thing and a spiritual aspect to the thing. The Ruchnias, right, is a level of which is giving life to this physical creation. Like with an animal or a person That you see that the soul inside of the animal Is what is giving the life to the animal Or for instance a person In order for him to be And that's what gives them the, so to speak, the quality That they are now called a human being Or they're called an animal now, when, chas v'shalom, the soul, leaves the body, right? It goes out of the state of being, so to speak, alive, right? And it nullifies all of his life force. Or you could even say that it leaves the state of being, like, say, let's say uh, we're talking about an animal. Let's say that there's a deer that's running around in the street, right? And all of a sudden, a car hits the deer. Now the deer dies, and all of a sudden, what happens to the deer? The deer, right? Rigor mortis sets in, and the deer becomes basically like a stone. Right? It's mamish hard like a stone. It doesn't move like a stone. You can't. You can't move it. You can't. It's not flexible in any way. And little by little, it disintegrates. And it's gonna. You know, it'll take time, but it will disintegrate eventually into dust and into the ground. And that. That's what. That's the way things happen here. Now, if you look at it for a second, really. It looks the exact same way as it did when it was alive. It doesn't look any different. You can't see the difference on it. Right? It looks the same. That's what the, you know, when you see it on the side of the road, it's just like, you know, it's four legs are pointing straight up into the air, but otherwise it's looking the same, right? So what is the distinction here? What's happening here? So what the Rebbe is bringing out here is that the difference between the two pictures, you know, from one minute literally to the next is that one is filled with a spiritual chayis which is going into it which is giving it life and one is not filled with the spiritual chayis and therefore that's called death or that's called it's moving out of the category of being an alive animal and now it's becoming like an inanimate object and that's what's happening here right so he says and also its body will deteriorate and it'll become like dust so, you have to say theref- that why why is it becoming all of a sudden like dust? What's, what, what was wrong with it before? Like, how come all of a sudden it's dust? Like, if you want to say that just the soul left the body, so the soul left the body. So, why doesn't it just stay a regular body without any uh, deterioration whatsoever? Because you have to say that the soul, even though it's a spiritual thing and it's giving a life force, To the being, let's say to our deer, causing it to be able to walk, to prance around, to eat, whatever it does, right? There has to be some sort of chayas that's coming from the soul into the physical body as well. Because if it wasn't happening that way, so why isn't it deteriorating while the soul is in the body? Yet we see that it is not deteriorating when the soul is in the body. That even though the highest of the guf, namely that thing that's giving a life force to the physical body and causing it to stay in existence. Even though you have to say that in some way, you can't say that it's coming literally from the nefesh itself the way it's mislabish in the body, in a, in a pneumistic way, right? Because the bottom line is that at the end of the day, when the soul leaves the body, the body just doesn't disappear. It takes time, right? It doesn't just like all of a sudden, okay, the soul is not in the body anymore, okay, it becomes iron, Right? Like that's the whole thing that we talk about in Shariah for the that if the letters of Hashem would disappear from the object, then they'd become nothing completely, right? That's what we talk about over there. However, here we're saying that, okay, the soul, it's like a two-sided thing. On the one hand, you have to say the soul is having an impact on the body to some extent. Because while the soul is in the body, the, the body of the deer is not becoming dust. On the other hand, when the soul leaves the body, it's not like it just disappears immediately either. It's still there. And however, over time, it will become dust. So you have to say that what? That you have to say that there is in the body, or not in the body, but from the body or to the body, you have to say that there is a source that's specifically for the body, a spiritual source. And that that source is what causes the body to remain a body intact the way it is. So now, how? what's the connection? And then you have to say that what's happening with the soul that's being mislabished into the body? The soul that's being mislabished into the body is a different thing. This is the soul that is giving us our uh, capability of thinking, of senses, of movement, of all the things that make a person uh, look like he's alive. Right? That all of a sudden I'm able to smell, that I'm able to talk, that I'm able to listen, that I'm able to. all these things. But he's talking like. And that's why that the body does not all of a sudden disappear the instant that the nefesh goes into it that's certainly not happening (laughs) because at the end of the day the soul the way it's mislabish in the body is not the source of the body now notice what it's saying here that there is an aspect of the soul that is mislabish in the body so whenever we see the word mislabish we know that what's happening here is that there's a tzimtzum on the part of the soul. And the keli that it's going Mislabish into, the keli that it's the, the vessel that it's going and clothing itself into, is dictating the relationship. So therefore, the soul, the nefesh that's coming into my body, in order to give me the capability of movement, of breathing, of, of seeing, of all the different senses that we have, right? is not the full soul that's coming into my body. What's happening is that there's a portion of that soul which is being mislabish, which is coming out in a way that it's able to go into the different kalim that make up my body. Baruch Hashem, my lungs are able to breathe, my heart is able to beat, right? All of these things. And that aspect of the soul, which is uh, fitting for the lungs, fitting for the eyes, fitting for the nose, fitting for these things, then is mislabish into the body. Now, what is happening then? So it must be that the body, this gashmi's thing, is getting a chayis, albeit not a from the soul. So where is it coming from? It must be coming from its own shayrish, its own makor which is distinct from the root and the source of the soul. So we have two different sources here. Good? Everyone's good so far? It's explained elsewhere. Nevertheless, on the other hand, we have a problem here. We have a dilemma. On the one hand, you're telling me that the soul is not the highest of the body. That the highest that's going into the body is miyuchad to the body. It's special explicitly for the body. On the other hand, you're telling me that what happens, that after the soul leaves the body, the body starts to deteriorate. So there has to be some sort of connection that is taking place here despite the fact that we're saying that 100% true, that there is a different source, there is a different source for the chayas that's coming into my body, nevertheless, you must say, you must say that there is some sort of connection to the soul that's coming into my body as well. So let's go further. The she'yeh, however you look at it. Because, the, however we're going to break it down, however, at the end of the day the body is not a physical thing in and of itself that has its own kium. It cannot last by itself. There has to be something that's there that is involved. So there must be some sort of Kauki which is going into the body, which is enabling it to remain the body that we know good so then he says and for whatever reason when this kaya whatever it is disappears that's when the body begins to deteriorate and become dust until that point of the kaya that's disappearing however the body remains intact. So how do we work this? So the drawing down of this kayak. the drawing down of this kayak, which is a kayas of the body itself. So he says like this. So, what we have to say is that despite the fact that the qum of the body is not taking place from the soul that's mislabish in it, it's coming from its own source, nevertheless we have to say that somehow that the kiyach the is being drawn down through the nefesh that's going into the soul. But that's the point. In other words, like this, you have to say that what's going on is that there's like a almost like a um, pipeline, right? On the one hand, the soul is not the is not the of the body. It's not the source of the cum of the body. On the other hand, so it has its own source that is giving it life. On the other hand, when the soul leaves the body, you see that the body begins its deterioration process so it's almost like a like a telephone right so while it's plugged in to the wall so it's constantly at 100 percent energy right the wire right is just being a conduit for the electricity to get into the body similar to the nefesh is a conduit it's a pipeline for the energy from the source of the soul to go into the body however once the, the phone is unplugged from the wire you begin the countdown 98 percent 77 percent 63 percent 52 percent until finally there's no more there's no more uh, energy in the in this in this phone now obviously the muscle is my own made-up muscle and therefore it's not exactly identical to what's really happening here. Because the phone does not disappear. What's happening is the chayis is disappearing. But, but what we have to say is that in our nimshal, what's happening is that the soul is acting like a pipe, almost like a gasoline pipe which is continuing, as long as it continues to be there, so the body continues to get its highest, which is keeping it intact as a body at 100%. However, once the soul leaves the body, what's essentially happening then is that the pipeline is now disappeared. So on day you know, at D-Day, you know, on exactly that moment when the person passes away, the body looks exactly the same. Or when the deer passed away, the body looked exactly the same. Because it still has 100%, just like the telephone, it still has 100%. However, over the course of time, the percentage of highest that remains in the body, which keep, is keeping it intact, starts to disappear. As that energy disappears, then the body loses its so to speak, its its a shape and its intactness and therefore, little by little, it becomes dust. Now, uh, we'll go back inside in a minute, but let's just remember why are we explaining this whole mushal? We ex- we're explaining it, mitzad the angle of everything in the Gash Mystical world is strong and as powerful as it looks, has a spiritual root to it. And if you were to remove that spiritual root from that gashmius good thing whatever it is then the gashmius would not be able to have a cube it would not remain intact sure it wouldn't necessarily disappear like that right but it begins to disappear little by little by little by little by little by little. I mean, you can see the same thing. For example, let's take a, an example. And we're going to bring different examples here in a minute. But let's just talk it outside for a second, right? You see like a piece of grass, right? It's, it's vivacious when it's plugged into the ground. As soon as you, un, you, know, when, as soon as you uproot that piece of grass, you know, it takes only a, like a, a few hours or whatever. And all of a sudden, it starts turning brown and dried out and whatever, etc., etc., etc right so the concept is that there's a spiritual aspect to everything and a physical aspect to everything and when you are going to focus on this idea you recognize that the spirituality is the real highest of the thing itself and the physicality is the really it's just as we're going to see it's it's not alive it's intact but it's totally based on a set of circumstances which is re- causing it to remain intact. And those circumstances are spiritual circumstances. Okay, let's let's read it inside now. It says like this. let's just go back to the beginning of that sentence. the drawing down of this kayak shahua which is the highest of the goof, atmo. This is also this Chayas, which we just explained is its own uh, has its own uh, particular root. However, it is being drawn down through the nefesh. That's why immediately when the nefesh is going to disappear. So then, it it does not remain a pipeline to give the chayes into the body, but the who That's why it is it is disappearing. Good, good. Now we have an interesting uh, little uh, parenthesis here. Let's just let's just look at it for a second. So he says like this. So we have a question then. So you could look at it, like I already explained it through, but let's think about it at at face value here. That if the, so to speak, the pipeline of life that's going into the body is going through the nefesh, so why don't you say that, that the body should disappear right away anyway? If you're cutting the life, of the nefesh, right, by causing the nefesh to, uh, of the body by causing the nefesh to leave. So why don't you say it disappears right away? We have to say, we have to say, you have to say, because even after the disappearance of the nefesh, and this is a very fascinating idea, uh, he says, it. It says like this, that even after the disappearance of the ruach from the soul, it causes there is, however, that even after the nefesh leaves the soul, there's still a spiritual entity, right? That is still on the body itself. And there are differences in this: the shlosha yamim, b'shiva, b'shloshim, b'yud, etc kasu b'sfarim, like it's written in different uh, sfarim. Here he's talking about the Zayar and the Ariza. Now, what he's saying here is like this. What he's saying, and this is why chas v'sholem, we should know from such things, when a person passes away, there are different orders in terms of how to mourn. Right? There's the first three days of the worst. Then comes the idea of Shiva. Then comes the idea of, right, the shloshim of a person. Then comes the idea of the yard side of a person, right? And what essentially it is, is that over these different periods of time, the soul or the energy that is connected to the body becomes less and less. And at each step of the way, this energy, the spiritual energy winds up leaving the body. <clears throat> ain ma shakaṣab bi rishalmi wa katn etc., etc. wa mishraba et right allah et cetera bilahin zaman hazah gam kin ha kayam so that's the reason why the body doesn't just disappear right away because it still has these spiritual aspects on the body wa atsam luz nishayr kayam and the luz bone Right, which we talk about. Right, we put on uh, the back of our heads on Motzei Shabbos. We put the wine from it uh, right there. Right, that winds up remaining forever. because from that bone, which everyone's going to be so to speak recreated, right in times of tirsameisim, uh, right from that bone, the chayis never disappears. Okay, so that's the idea of this of this uh, scenario between the body and the. And the soul, and how the body remains, and how the soul remains, and and how the body begins to lose its state of being intact over the course of time. Good. Everyone's good. All right. So let's uh, let's stop for now, and um, it's Hashem. We'll continue uh, tomorrow. So I, I'm putting this up.